Welcome to another episode of the podcast Cook, Eat, Nourish with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. Today, I'm chatting with the lovely Orla McAndrew. Orla runs her catering business in Cork. This year, she can offer you hassle-free Christmas dinner where you collect a delicious meal on Christmas Eve for all the family. She also have been very creative in setting up her zero-waste weddings where she will take surplus food from lovely Irish producers and use her creativity to create a lovely menu the day before your wedding. Be sure to listen to the end to hear her top three tips to improve your health and also an insight into her death row meal. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So hello, Orla. Thank you so much for joining me here in today's podcast. Absolute pleasure to be here, Fiona. Thank you for having me. No problem. Would you mind introducing yourself to my audience in case they don't know you? Sure. I'm Orla McAndrew. I'm a mum of three young girls. And four years ago, I started my own wedding and event catering company. Brilliant. And what led you to to start that? Well, it was a long and windy road, Fiona. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had been I I was a mature student when I went back to college to study uh, culinary arts degree. And I came out of that thinking I was going to be the next Gordon Ramsay or Nigella Lawson. And really, it was a business degree that we studied for the three years. So I was not much better off, basically, when I came out in terms of culinary skill. Um, so I went on and did another couple of degrees and postgraduates all in the area of food, but still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> um, and then found myself starting a family and having a couple of young kids with all these disqualifications under my belt, but no practical experience. And, you know, not not working in anything that was fulfilling me in any way. Um, and then I, I kind of famously tell this story where I met a girl in a park one day who just mentioned she was getting married in six weeks, couldn't find anybody to cater. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. I just said, I can do that. And I set about doing it and six weeks later catered for 130 people and it was the most exhilarating experience of my life. And I knew then and there I'd found the thing that I was meant to do. Fantastic. And I've seen you go strength to strength. I mean, the first time I came across you actually was, um, I suppose it would be this time two years ago, was it when you did the um, the Insta Live for the Peter McFerry Trust, it was around Christmas time. Was that two years ago? Was it? That's only last year. A year actually. last year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That was a fab yeah. success, and thank you very much for your contribution there as well. No yeah. problem. It was, it was amazing. It was I think it was my first time doing an Instagram live, and then there was all these other people. It was a fantastic thing you pulled together. So well done. It was brilliant. Actually, that was very very last minute. It was three weeks in the making, and I was so pleased with the amount of people who came on board, and we actually raised just over 3,000 euro from a five-hour Instagram live cook-along. So it was brilliant. Fantastic. What a, a great idea and a great collaboration. It was brilliant. Um, so one of the things you were looking to talk to us today about was entrepreneurship. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about uh, your journey, even though you've, you've touched on a fair bit of it there? I will. I suppose it's something that I never would have felt uh, any kind of an authority to speak on in that when I started this first, I very much felt like I was chancing my arm and I was going to get away with it for as long as I could get away with it. Um, But what I've discovered in the meantime is that by being really flexible uh, with my thoughts on where the business is going and being open to opportunities and 
not being bogged down by any kind of challenges, I've realized that those are the skills that are needed to be a good entrepreneur. And four years later, I would consider myself um, a very good entrepreneur in that I'm able to kind of duck and dive and anticipate what's coming down the line. And I think the greatest skill as an entrepreneur is not is to not take any failures too personally and to be able to bounce back from them very quickly. Okay, great. Yeah, because I've noticed, uh, yeah, you're, you always seem to be trying um, something new and different, uh, which is fantastic. And I see you got an award uh, recently with Network Ireland. So well done. Thanks so much. Yeah, God loves a trier, Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that award for? So I won, I joined Network Cork um, just a year ago. And this is another thing in terms of entrepreneurship and growth and kind of belief in yourself. Up until last year, I wouldn't have felt worthy of joining a network of business women because they were something greater than me or, you know, something out of reach. And I wouldn't have considered myself a businesswoman at all. So there was great personal growth for me to have even joined the network in the first place. And then when you join, you get the opportunity to put yourself forward for various awards. And that was a big step in the right direction for me, even feeling worthy of applying for the award. And then to win the best creative professional in Cork was just phenomenal, phenomenal achievement, sense of achievement for me and phenomenal sense of growth as well. So I was absolutely thrilled to win it and go on and represent at national level. And then I was highly commended at national level as well for my creativity. Which is fantastic. And I've obviously followed you for a while in social media, so I'm, I'm used to um you and how you would uh, show up all the time. But when I went to my, I joined the Wicklow branch uh, recently, I mentioned your name and they said, oh yeah, she's in all the photos. She's got all those fabulous hair pieces. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> that's, how are you finding uh, the network in Wicklow? Yeah, great. It's lovely. I've visited a few times. So it's just trying to find the, you know, the right one for me. So uh, I, I like the idea with Network Ireland because it's very uh, broad. You know, you can go and visit lots of different places. So I'll be I'll be banging on your door someday soon, I'm sure. Good woman. Sure. We'd love to have you in Cork as well. Thank you. And so you've mentioned there a couple of times, uh, you know, personal growth and power of belief. Mm-hmm. What helped you achieve that? When I think about this, I think about the fact that I was 39 before I ever had any sense of what I was going to do when I grew up, um, which felt like an eternity. You know, I know 39 is young enough, but can you imagine being 39, having lots of degrees under your belt and still really not having a clue what you're going to do? And so for me, then when I finally came on the thing that I'm that I'm now doing, it was so precious to me and I've minded it so closely and I'm so grateful for it that every step I take I think it's with a sense of gratitude every step I take seems to be working out I feel very much held by the universe and with everything that I sort of take into and is a success I have the ability to believe more in my own ability Um, so yeah you just build on the strengths of achieving small things and you know keeping going and It's not all achievements either. There's plenty of failures. There's plenty of learning as I go and making mistakes and, you know, financial errors and all of the things that go with starting your own business and not having a clue what you're doing. Um, But I suppose I'm very proud of the fact that nothing, none, none of the failures are holding me back. I'm able to look at them straight in the eye 
and park them and move on to the next thing. Okay. And would you uh, would you like to share maybe an example of one of those failures that you're talking about? Oh God, I've so many. <laughs> 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 to rack my brains. What's a good one? Okay. Um. So here's one that that I isn't really I don't see as a, as a failure, but a lot of people who know me in business would would kind of mention this again and I'm so over it that I can say oh yeah that's just what happened so um I had been doing care packages when COVID came so it was beautiful freezer meals delivering them all around Cork and I got to a point where it either had to grow or I had to fold it and I decided that I'd like it to grow and bring it nationwide um and in Ireland there isn't a refrigerated delivery service so I was relying on DPD and really good packaging um, I tried it for eight weeks. It was a disaster. You know, the food was, it should have been out in 24 hours. Sometimes it was 48 hours. The food was defrosted. It was going in the bin. I was having to replace it. It was a massive uh, financial burden on me and it just wasn't working. And within the eight weeks, I said, right, that's it, pulling the plug. Now, I had invested a lot of money in the packaging side of things um, from the stickers and the wool cool insulation and all of that but it was very easy for me to recognize that this was not working I was flogging a dead horse and it had to go so I made a decision really quickly um and it was the right decision and I didn't fantastic yeah because I remember seeing those there and then then kind of things changed and now you've you've just launched uh which sounds very exciting so do you want to tell us about the uh the new zero waste wedding that you have Thank you. Yes. Well, this is something that has been there in the background from that very first wedding that I catered. So if you can imagine, I catered for 130 people. I hadn't a clue what I was doing, but I'm an Irish mammy and I wanted to make sure I had plenty of food and that nobody went hungry. So I had an absolute abundance of food. Um, and I learned from that that you that if you're going to be catering for large num- numbers of people, you need to have that portion controlled and you need to have it well measured. So from the very beginning, the only thing that was wrong with that first wedding was I had too much food left over at the end. And that was heartbreaking. Um, so I made sure that every time I had an event or a gig after that, I was much more careful about the portion control. And so I have that down to such a fine art that there's literally nothing left over from any of my events. Um, and so I started thinking about what I could do to make that even better. So I work now with my suppliers and various suppliers around Ireland to rescue their surplus food and turn that into a five star wedding event. I mean, it just sounds so exciting. And I saw the last one or not the last one, but when you were describing recently about, you know, they don't know what the menu is until near the day and you don't know. And so talk us through a little bit about how that might work. So it is very exciting. Um, there, so I get the food in on the week of the event. My first uh, zero waste wedding was for 95 people. So I was relying on my suppliers to give me random produce. I had absolutely no idea what was coming. The wedding was Saturday. I got my final pieces of produce in on the Friday. So you're creating a menu based on literally what's in front of you. So it's incredibly exciting. Very, very creative. Is it stressful? No, I was in absolute flow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, it was. I think so, I'd be so stressed. <laughs> I was. It was very serene, and I think because it allowed me to be uber creative, I was in my absolute power and flow, and it was just magical. And right. 
it was amazing because the couple and all their friends and family really bought into it as well. They were so excited to be there and the feedback was just phenomenal. And we had less than a kilo of plate scrapings after feeding 95 people with canapes, three course meal and evening food. I mean, it was just phenomenally well planned. I've never been so proud of myself. And I think that it proves, you know, if I can do it, it can be done. So the most exciting thing about it is that it has the potential to change the way we do things. Fantastic. Now I have a couple of questions for you. Okay, so some people listening mightn't have an idea. They might think a kilo is a lot of waste and scrapings. Could you give us a little ballpark or idea as to what might be in a regular event, how much waste you might get? Oh my God. Well, I have. You could have back. You could have back black sacks worth of plate scrapings and waste and excess. So this was less than an ice cream tub, scraped off oh, all nice. the plate after feeding ninety five people from you know a full day event so it's, it was mind-bogglingly low fantastic that's a great visual so loads of big black sacks compared to an ice cream tub so i i love that that's amazing and so what was the what was the menu what did you cook that day if you can recall i can surely <laughs> we had seven different canapes um using and the thing is i'm using all irish produce from fabulous artisan producers and i continue to work with those suppliers so What's on the menu is the very best of what's available in Ireland. Um, I had Santola goat's cheese. I had velvet cloud sheep's yogurt. I used um, roll it pastry to create little gougeres. We had um, potato and uh, corned beef little cakes and things. So seven different beautiful canapes. Then we had a, a delicious Wagyu beef bourguignon. Um, we had... There was chicken, there was aubergines for the for the vegetarians. But we also we didn't just use the surplus. We used every bit of food that came in. So with had parsnips in, peeled them, obviously deep fried them. They were a garnish with the potatoes that we served alongside the bourguignon. The skins of those were used later in the evening for, you know, for the evening feast. It's just about and it's it's really good for me, too, because I'm having to teach myself how to use food more cleverly and more wisely and more sustainably. Because going back to the fact that I came out of college and really didn't know anything, I have to say I'm a self-taught cook. Even though I have my degree in culinary arts, I really didn't have any mentorship. So this, for me, is a wonderful way of, uh, you know, pushing out the boat and learning more and continuing to learn and forcing myself to learn more and more all the time. Okay. Amazing. And with when you have the producers that have surplus food, so obviously you've got a relationship with them and they know, look, I'll contact you. I've got surplus. Do you pay for that food or is it reduced price or how does it work? So this is it's a great question, Fiona, because it's very, very important to me that the people who go to the trouble of producing chemical free food the way it's meant to be are rewarded for that. So rather than so my growers, rather than their gnarly looking carrots and parsnips, being plowed back into the ground again I want them I want to honor the fact that they've spent time growing them they're perfectly nutritious foodstuffs and there should be a place on the market for it so it's important to me that the people who are willing to give me their surplus are being rewarded for it now some of them for some people I get a discount for others that's not an option and that's absolutely fine I am there to make sure that that food does not end up in landfill okay Brilliant. Oh, I, I just, just sounds amazing. 
Um, and have you had much of an uptake since you launched the program? Yes, I have. I have. It's been absolutely amazing. And it's been it's it's not so it's not as niche as I thought it might have been. So four couples from next year who'd already booked in have already switched over. I have two more who are thinking about it. And obviously there's no time pressure. I don't really need to know until a couple of weeks out from the wedding. So the option is on the table there for everybody. Four have committed, two are thinking about it. And every single new inquiry that's coming through at the moment knows about zero waste and is inquiring about it and will make a decision later down the line. Brilliant. It's, uh, it just sounds great. I wish you loads of success with that. Thank you. Um, Sorry, just to say, I'm I'm so surprised that it's been such a success. I would have thought that it was that I would have had to sell it for longer and get people to buy into the concept. But it seems to be people get it straight away and are really interested in doing something a bit unique, a bit different and beneficial for the for the environment. And so what is your operation like? Do you use a shared kitchen? Do you where do you work from and? And, and do you employ staff or contracting or how does your Orla McAndrew catering work? So I was, we bought our house about six years ago and there was a Harley Davidson shed out the back when we bought it. And my husband said, what in the name of God would we ever do with that? And I said, I'll find something. <laughs> so <laughs> the Harley Davidson shed is now my professional kitchen. So it's very, very handy to be able to pop out when the kids are really? over at school. Um, and in terms of staff, I have absolutely amazing people who come and work with me but they're all contractors so for me that's a fantastic business model because it has meant now that I was able to take October and November off um, because I'm not beholden to a staff member I don't have to generate work to keep them in employment um, and for me I, I fell into it that way but I'm going to continue like that because the contractors I have are phenomenal they're very happy to come and work with me I've a fabulous team of over 40 people that I can call on. Um, and it just, for me, with my kids so young, I have a nine, seven and three-year-old, three girls. Um, it just works really well this way for me. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, it's, it's busy with three young kids that age. And um, or if someone's look interested in this, do you go outside of Cork or what is your situation for weddings? I do. And actually next year, again, I'm all over Ireland. Um, I was all over Ireland this year as well. But I think even from a sustainability point of view, maybe going into 2024, 2025, I might aim to stay Munster based um, because there's loads of amazing caterers all over the country. And the longer I'm in business, the more uh, people I meet. So I'm very happy to refer. If somebody calls me from Dublin, I have three or four different caterers. I can say just call on those guys. They're really, really good. You don't need us to be traveling up from Cork, you know, so. I'm a firm believer that there's plenty of work out there for everybody. I don't want all the work. I just want enough for me and my family. Um, so I don't need to be traveling all over. Now, if somebody really, really wants zero waste, I will go. There's no problem. But I'm very happy also to pass the work along. Brilliant. OK. And um, speaking there about motherhood, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your thoughts on that? I suppose motherhood in terms of uh, busy working mums, I, I think we're amazing. <laughs> I, think, I think women who have children and have that massive responsibility, which is really, at the end of the day, it's probably most mothers' number one priority is to make sure that our children are well taken care of and that we're doing the best for them. 
And to be able to balance that alongside running your own business um, is not without its challenges. But also, I think for me, being a mother is the driving force behind everything that I do. You know, I want them to grow up knowing that whatever they put their mind to, they can achieve. And I suppose selfishly as well, I want them to grow up being really proud of me. And I think that by doing what I'm doing on a daily basis, I know they're proud of me. My, my three-year-old the other day, she saw one of my little stickers and she said, oh, that's your name. So that was brand recognition right there. <laughs> <laughs> she saw the logo and knew it was me. So yeah, I think, I think working mothers are an absolutely incredible breed of humans. Yes, I agree. <laughs> here, here. Um, <laughs> so um, we've got Christmas coming up. If you're listening back to this podcast, we're talking about this in uh, November 2022. Uh, I hear you're taking a hassle out of Christmas for a few people. I am. And, you know, this is something funny as well. I, I, I launched this last year and the stress of it nearly killed me. It was the most stressful thing I ever did because I thought I put it out there first and then I realized Christmas dinner is so precious and so personal to people and if you get it wrong it's it's as bad as getting a wedding wrong because it's it's one day of the year that we all look forward to and we all do it differently and we all have our own traditions so as I was boxing everything up and getting it ready and sending it out I was absolutely in fear of my life that I was going to disappoint anybody and I said I'm never doing this again this is the most stressful thing I've ever done and then the reviews all came back and Every single person who purchased last year went to the trouble of getting back in touch and telling me it was the best meal they'd ever had. It was so stress-free, you know, all positive comments. And I said, right, I'll do that again. So, <laughs> so I am offering full Christmas dinner. There are two collection points in Cork. One is in Dunamore, one is in the city. Um, it's available in multiples of six. That I learned the hard way last year, trying to manage, you know, sevens and nines and elevens. So it's multiples of six. And it's free range turkey, free range ham, all of the sides, a homemade mince pie, cranberry sauce, the works. Lovely. Really nice. And what price is that? It's 45 euro per head. Okay, brilliant. And people can just go on to your website and they can find the link to that. Is that correct? That's it. And the website is www.omcatering.ie. And it's there straight away. And there's a link on my Instagram as well, actually. Okay, brilliant. And I see you're doing that with Click and Collection. I was yeah. at a networking event yesterday and uh, they were one of the speakers. So um, she's a fantastic yeah. working mother as well. Great woman um, and a yes. very good solution for anybody who doesn't have a website but needs to sell. It's it, it was mine was up and running in 31 minutes. So amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. Okay, so I always like to ask my guests, Orla, if they could give three tips that the listeners could use to improve their health. So keeping in mind that it's Cook, Eat, Nourish podcast, um, what would your three tips be? Firstly, I will start by saying I'm not the best qualified to talk about taking care of your health. But for me, the, the non-negotiables and the, the absolute essentials are good sleep, good food, and hydration um, and that's the very very basics um, and that's as far as I get as I go personally <laughs> but I think with that um, I'm not doing too badly either okay great and um, so do you would you be cooking most days for work or it kind of just builds up at weekends and that type of thing 
So it builds up at weekends. And as I was said earlier, I've taken October and November off. Um, I had a fantastic summer. And as I say, I have three young kids and it's very important to me that I get to balance my time working with my time at home with the kids. So I feel really privileged to be in that position. And again, that's about what's enough. You know, I don't have very expensive tastes. I drive around in a zero six car. I don't need huge amounts of money. I just, I'd nearly work for free because <laughs> it's just about, it's kind of about fulfillment for me, what I do. Um, so it's wonderful to be able to take some time off. When I'm working, I'm really working. And, you know, events start on the Wednesday and they finish up on the Sunday. But I don't work all the time, which okay. is wonderful. <laughs> great. Yeah, no, it's great to try and find that that balance and have that opportunity to decide when you do and, and don't work. And I know when I had my catering business, what, about 20 years ago, um, I I wouldn't want to cook when I get home because I'd be so sick of looking at food and cooking. So that's where I was getting to. I was going to ask you, do you cook the family meals at home every evening or, um, yeah, how do you work? I do because food is, an, is my absolute joy. Like it really is the be, it's the first thing I think of in the morning, the last thing I think of at night. Um, and it brings me such huge joy. And I think as well as a mother, I just love feeding my children something that I know is nutritious and they love and, we sit around the table together and it's a very special, important part of our lives. So I, yeah, I can't ever imagine not wanting to cook, to be honest. <laughs> okay, fantastic. And uh, one last question. So if you were to have a, a death row meal, what do you think you'd choose? Oh God. Um, tapas. Sorry, you weren't prepared for this one. <laughs> no, but, sorry, God, depends on the day. I love all kinds of Middle Eastern food and kind of meze sharing platters. Iranian food is amazing. Palestinian food, Lebanese, all that kind of stuff. That would probably be my death row piece. Okay. Fantastic. So before we finish up, was there anything else that you wanted to, to say to my audience, Orla? No, except for thank you so much for having me on and every continued success to you and your business. I love watching what you're doing and it's very powerful and keep going thank you so much and i will put the links below uh, in the show notes to how they can find you orla as well thanks so much great thanks so much thanks so much for listening to today's podcast on cook eat nourish with me fiona staunton of fiona's food for life i'd really appreciate if you would subscribe rate and review the podcast to help spread the word and if you pop over to my website fiona's food for life you'll find lots of recipes, videos, inspiration and upcoming courses. Thanks a million.